and welcome to the big topic in women's MMA. Frank Posen here along with Shawn Humes. This will be our last show of the year because uh, last Saturday was the UFC's final show of the year. Uh, we'll be back in uh, mid-January. Uh, Invicta has a show on January 12th, and the first UFC show will be January 15th. Now, by that time, I'm going to be home from the hospital because I'm getting discharged next Thursday. Okay, so I should be ready uh, to go home at that time. So what do you think, Schwan? I'm sure you'll be glad to be back home. I've, I haven't been in a hospital in a while, but I don't remember it being the, the fun, funnest place to be. It's not, but, you know, you got, I got to do what I got to do, right? Yeah, that's true. Got to take okay. care of your health, man. Okay, let's start with uh, the uh, controversial finish, apparently. Amanda Lemos beat... Um, Angela Hill by split decision. Shawan, I don't think there was anything controversial about this. I think people kind of got the wrong idea somewhere along the line. But let's let's talk about this a little bit. First of all, it started with Amanda uh, with that front kick. Shawan, do you think the fight should have been stopped at that point? Um, um, I don't think so. I mean, I can see, I I can see see a discussion for having it stopped, but I don't think it should have been stopped right then. I, I thought I, it was good to go. Uh, was the ref Toyomi on that match? Was he what? Was, was the was the ref uh, Chris Toyomi on that match? I think so. I think so. Schwan, I think he was a little slow on the draw, don't you? Yeah, I mean, he, he could have reacted quicker. The only reason I say you you maybe couldn't. You didn't stop it just because I'm. I'm a fan of giving people every opportunity to go. If he would have stopped it, I would have been fine with that. But um, he he did seem like he was a little bit a step behind the action in a, in, a, in in certain instances. Well, that's why I, I'm asking about it because to me, and we're going to talk about this a little later. You know, we're, I'm getting more concerned about concussions. No, I mean, not people don't. The thing is, as much as we, we get a pleasure from watching fights, a lot of people don't factor in, uh, especially when we say somebody should just stop somebody or, or beat someone until they get pulled off. There is uh, there's collateral damage to fighting that way or being a punishment to be successful. There, there's, there's a price to pay for that that people tend to forget about. They, like these, these aren't cartoon characters or robots. These are real people who have consequences oh. after the fact. And it's exactly it's exactly what I mentioned. It. I actually thought the fight should have stopped. And I think really what happened was Toyoni was very slow. He was behind it. He, he missed what happened, and that's why it wasn't stopped. Yeah, I mean, there's a good argument for that. Like I said, it could have been stopped. I would have been okay with it. It wasn't stopped. I was okay with that too because I mean, thinking. Thinking on behalf of the spider safety, yeah, you probably could have stopped it. Thinking on behalf of how we would have had to hear from a certain fighter complaining about it, you know, it's like, hey, give them every chance so they can uh, – they have opportunity. There's no excuse like, oh, they stopped it too early. They didn't give me a chance to work my way into the fight or whatever. Mm, I think that kind of stuff has to stop. It does, but the simple fact of the matter is if you're going to have quick stoppages, there's always – if you have quick – if you have a stoppage, even if it's 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 – at some point, you're going to have bad stoppages, and people are going to say the same thing. So it's like 
even though this is probably not great in a certain instance, later on, there's going to be a, maybe you'll, somebody will get hurt really early or almost, or almost stopped and they'll let it go because they'll be like, well, look at this fight. They let that go. So we can't, we, we've got to show some kind of concern. Maybe somebody else will benefit from this down the line, but I agree with you, your general statement though. Yeah. And the thing was, uh, I don't think, I think Amanda thinks it should have been stopped too, because she really wasn't the same, especially in the second round. And I don't think it was had anything to do with endurance or anything like that. I don't think she's used to fighters uh, coming back like that. Like if you look no. at her record. She's only, she's only had one instance where she actually had a fighter come back and that was, she could explain that away to the weight class when she fought Leslie Smith. Other than that, when she hits girls, they tend to stay hit and go away. Yeah. Now, after the second round, her, her trainers, the uh, Alcantara brothers, had a little chat with her, and she was a lot better in the third round, and I think she won the third round pretty handily. I don't think it should have been a split decision. I think that uh, the reason there's so much fan uh, you know, our buddy Dan Tom mentioned this in his commentary on Who They Junkie. He said that there's a lot of, uh, in this particular fight, there seemed to be a lot of commentary bias, okay, for Angela. And also, uh, you know, fans tend to spend too much time looking at in-fight stats when maybe they shouldn't look at them at all. I don't even look at them, Sean. So well, I, you know, I don't some care. Up the stats, they what they see and then also like you said when i think part of the narrative is amanda limos has been destroying people every time she touches them and she got off to a fast start you're thinking oh you know the fact that she's the person still in this fight and still fighting is a victory in itself and it is a victory but it's not a victory as far as winning rounds or getting points that's just showing your heart and showing your your craftiness to where you could survive through rough spots so when you think when you expect something because there a lot of people thought and so they're probably thinking she might just get leveled by this young power puncher. And the fact that she didn't inst- instantly gives her more credit than she hold it, actually hold, hold it, hold it. Amanda is 34 years old. Yeah. So well, she's not young. She's not, but people don't know her very well. So they consider her young and new. She's not young in the uh, sense of her. They got to get going with her because, like I said, she's 34. It's a little different than with. Uh, Amanda Rebus is a lot younger. She's like 26 or 28 or whatever it is. But well, that's this, a lot just because Lemos is, is when she's fighting people, she's pretty much walking through people. Well, you know who she wants to fight next, eh? Yan Chonan. Okay? Because she used to train with her. Eh, I guess I'd be. I don't know. I don't know if I'm for that fight. I think I'd like to see her do something else. Well, we'll see. We'll maybe Tisha Torres. How about that? That I mean, we kind of already know what Tisha Torres isn't. It, it shouldn't we be? Isn't Tisha Torres close to the same range as a man, as a Angela Hill? Well, you know who she was supposed to fight. She was supposed to fight Dina. Fight? Oh yeah, that might have been a better fight. Like, just if we're gonna go, if, if she's really older and they're trying to move her ahead, doing a Tisha Torres is that that kills time. That's a stay busy fight. That doesn't move her up the chain as far as being a contender or, or being, especially after this performance assert her as a potential title challenger. Beating Tisha Torres isn't going to do that. Yeah, I think uh, they're going to match her up with Nina Nunez again. That's what I suspect. 
that's fine. But once again, I, I just don't know how good what good that does her as far as taking that step because right now, before Angela Royer, she looked like except for that one fight when she fought Leslie Smith at a bigger weight, she looked like a dynamic athlete who nobody could stand in front of. Even though I don't believe that it was a real close, the matter is Angela Hill was still able to take her best shots and put her in some rough spots. So now some of the shine has been taken off her. Beating up Nina yeah. Nunez or beating up Tisha Torres isn't going to reassert her in a manner that makes her a potential title challenger, not to me. I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see what they do with her, but they, they, they can't mon- monkey around with her because of her age. Yeah, okay. well, to me, fight, fighting a Nina Nunez or a Tisha Torres is monkeying around with her. That's not moving her forward. Well, we'll see what they want to do. I have no idea. I have no idea. Like I said, she's the one who mentioned Jan Jonah, not me. Hmm. All right. Okay, so uh, we had a uh, couple of other fights here. So, correct me if I'm wrong. You thought she won the foot. You thought Amanda won the foot, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, she she landed the bigger shots. I was gonna. She seemed to run out of ideas when Angela did didn't get wiped out immediately. She didn't seem to have a lot of layers, which isn't a good sign. But um, I thought she didn't have to win the fight. I I, th- I think she got a I think she got a bit of a lecture from. Uh, the Alcantara brothers, and I think that set her straight. Well, I hope so, but better than a lecture. I hope they start trying to maybe add a little bit of nuance to what she's doing because the, we've already seen somebody out. It, it wasn't very pretty after that fast start. It was a, a different fight in the second round. All right, let's move on to the next one. Melissa Gatto beat um... – uh, Sajari Eubanks with a liver shot in the third round. Uh, didn't I call it? She missed weight, man. Yeah, I don't. I don't know who she's blackmailing, but it doesn't seem nobody's seen over and over again, and yet she has not seemed to ever really been punished by the UFC Schwan. for doing so. Schwan. she's yes. a fraud. She's a fraud. Well, I mean, that may be, but I want to know how is it she's able to still have a job when fighters have been cut or at least reprimanded. Well, look who her manager is. It's Ali Abdelaziz, man. Yeah, man, I get that for if you have like a Justin Gaethje or a good fighter. How do you explain that with Sajar Eubanks with Bantam, what has been average? And Alex, he's missed weight so much, you can't even say she's an average fighter at, at flyweight. You ever see her in Invicta? Uh I did. I heard about it. And as a bantamweight, she's awful. And so the idea yeah. was, okay, we'll drop the flyweight and be in tough 26. And so that's what they did. The problem was she she couldn't make weight then, and she still can't make weight. And not only it, that, not only that, in round two, she got handled by somebody that you'd think that she'd be able to handle. And then she ran out of gas, and she got kicked in the stomach, and that was the end of that. Well, I mean, I have to give props to Gatto, or maybe she just figured it out herself. But when you face somebody who is a short-notice fight for them or somebody who's having issues making weight, attacking the body is probably the smartest thing you can do. You know, somebody's chin is going to be what it is, but somebody getting tired, being exhausted, you start punching and kicking to the body and the legs, they, they'll hold up because – their body's not in peak condition. They, they, they can't possibly be if they're not making weight. So instead of wasting all your energy trying to knock them out to the head because the 
dehydrated, so they're usually taking shots to the head better. But when you're not in top condition, your body's going to fold when it's when it's tested. And so she went to the body and exposed. Um, it's a bad loss for Eubanks because she's missed weights a bunch of time, but usually she wins. Now she missed weight and she lost. And she came back down to this division to reassert herself. And ha- she got a quick start. They gave her a gimme fight in the first one. And then the second follow-up, she gets – I mean, she gets stopped. And, I, and I'm not – is this her first time being stopped? Like, stop, stop in the UFC? Uh, I'm not sure. I think it is. So this is – you know, she's got two it's problems on her hand. One, it's not, she, it is, it's yeah, not good, she, man. Yeah, she's not as dynamic a force at flyweight as we all as we thought or she thought. And now she can't even make the weight class. If she has to go back to bantamweight, she's not even an average bantamweight fighter. No, she wouldn't be in the UFC as a bantamweight. Yep, she's she's painting herself into quite a corner. This was her last shot, and she which is she which is which is why she's a fraud. Yeah, she she's fumbled this. I, I don't know what she does from here out. It's got to be hard to move her. As far if I'm her manager or I'm her team, I'm like, what the hell do we do now? Well, that's Mark Henry. Yeah, but I mean, what do you do? You can't keep you. You can't do it. You can't abandon weight. She can't make flyweight consistently. What are we going to do with her now? She she might not even have a job. We'll see. How about the listing out of here? What do you think of her? Um, she fought smart. She, I didn't think she was a bad fighter. My, my issue with her is if flyweight, Sajara's punching power and physical strength is huge. And, her, and a lot of her, her success is based on her being physical and her throwing a lot of volume and breaking people down or overwhelming them. I was wondering how she was going to be able to handle the power if she's constantly on fire. But she was pretty smart in her attacks. And basically, she, Sajara just came out of the gates kind of slow. And she, just could, she was a step behind. She was sluggish. And she just all there and she took advantage of it so her style ended up benefiting her um i tend to believe if sajar was in top shape and really focused i think sajar could have punished her for that volume that aggression but sajar clearly wasn't focused and clearly wasn't ready to go i mean missing weight probably mentally she probably knows i'm gonna be out of a job if i lose this fight maybe the pressure got to her yeah anyways we'll see her a bit better competition next time and in the third flight, we had, you know, it was supposed to be Julia Avila against Raquel Pennington. Julia had a boyfriend because of knee injury, replaced by um, Macy Chason. And the fight was at 145. And Macy missed weight, not surprisingly, short notice. And uh, Raquel ended up winning with a 10 figure choke. And I'll tell you what the problem was. The problem was Saif Saoud. Fortis MMA was not there in Macy's corner. He was at the Jake Paul uh, fight, uh, quartering, I think it was for the, the basketball player's fight, right? Who's one of the owners of Fortis, right? And then he yeah. wasn't there. So I think that him yeah, not well, the being. Guy, he, the guy kind of, he helped, he helped fund the gym. So I guess I kind of explained that. Well, I think it hurt her. I don't know. I, I get why it would and it could hurt her, but at the same instance, my thing is like when you've been trained and developed, part of being trained and developed is that that fighter, to a certain degree, knows what to do. And to me, Jason just cracked underneath the pressure. She's used to having her way. When she when she can have her way, she might be technical. She might be smart. When she can't have her way, uh, a lot of that goes out the window. And Raquel Pennington did not let her have her way. Yeah, that's about it. I mean, it's like I told, and I said this before, and you weren't, you weren't, you weren't against it per se, but I was like, 
it. And Kianza is basically a version of Macy Chase, and they're basically the same fighter in a lot of ways. One's a little bit more technical, but they're still big girls who rely on pace and physicality to wear you down. A lot of people outbox them or outstrike them early, and what happens is they absorb it and they keep going. Against Pennington, and they come on later. Able to build momentum against Pennington because Pennington's pretty big and physical herself. So she could never really bully her. She could never just wear her down. And Pennington just kept picking her apart and punishing her. Okay, I've got a couple of other things I want to get to here. Uh, first of all, Invicta's got their next show January 12th. Uh, it's going to be on YouTube. All right, the main event is Alicia Zapatelli versus. Um, what the hell's her name? Brazilian girl. I forgot her name now. It's for the uh, uh, Attaweight Championship. So we'll be watching that. That's all I can say. It's going to be on YouTube. So I, well, I, I, I hope she's worked more on establishing, layering her stand-up, learning how to transition between because her last two fights against inferior wrestlers are times getting and maintaining takedowns touched up on the feet by average athletes and below average strikers. So I hope she addressed that. Well, we'll talk about it at the time, okay? But now we want to talk about last week, uh, 33-year-old Claudia Gedalia announced her retirement, okay? And I wanted to talk about her a little bit because there's no question that Claudia was an elite fighter. Uh, she got a title shot, didn't quite make it. Her main flaw, I guess, would be her endurance. Like when she got past the second round, she couldn't move the way she she couldn't move like she should. But the fact of the matter is Go ahead. But the fact of the matter is she was an elite fighter. Okay. She was an elite BJJ as a teenager. Okay. You know who trained her in BJJ? Josie Aldo. Uh-huh. Okay. And then that got her to Nova Uniao and uh Andre Dudu Federneris. So you know, she's an elite fighter. There's no question about it. But when things didn't go right for her, you know, she started to go downhill. And, so, yeah, you know, she she, had, she was the female version of, of Daniel Cormier to me. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of a Brazilian version, I suppose. Yeah, but, basically uh, she was the second best person in division for most of her career. Only thing was Daniel Cormier had things happen where he got a title and, and Claudia never had that opening where she could get one. She couldn't beat the best people in her division. That's what basically interrupted her. She was better than the rest, very, very best at her division. I thought she would have had a chance. If she could have ever fought Rose Namajunas, I think she could have had a shot against Rose. Well, I think the problem was is that uh, she had a falling out with uh, Dudu, and then she moved to the U.S., and she went to uh, Jackson Wink, and they kind of farmed her out to uh, Latrell Yee, who actually rent space in the building. Yeah, okay. they, I, I worked with her with one of one a couple one of her fights when she was with uh, the Trail Yi for some uh, points of reference as far as who depicts for sparring and how to approach it. When she fought Carolina Kolakavich, they uh, talked to me about doing some work prepping her for that fight, like you know coming up with a strategy who who they should spar with to prepare her for that fight. And uh, I thought they did a good job with her, but when they said that she was going to fight, she wanted Andrade next. I was like, Felice Herrig's on a four or five win streak. You beat her, you basically had a title fight. And they said they wanted to go after Andrade, and I didn't think that was a good idea. And uh, No, because she got clobbered. Yeah, she. I was like, you haven't you, – you're picking up this new style, but you fight Carolina Kovacavich, you got a lot of advantage over her. 
can beat Jessica Andrade, but Jessica has so many advantages. If your game plan, your execution isn't super tight, you're going to get hurt and hurt bad. And to be honest, after that Andrade fight, she never looked really elite again, if we're being honest. Yeah. What happened after that is that she uh, opened her own gym in uh, Philadelphia, eventually went to New Jersey, and she trained with Mark Henry for a couple of years. Uh, but in her last fight, last uh, um, she said in her, in her live Instagram that she suffered a concussion. And so she was struggling with the uh, post-concussion syndrome, right? And mm-hmm. uh, she was event- she was going to fight in September. She decided not to. And then she decided to retire. That Basically, that was it. Now, she's going to be working for the UFC. She's not going too far. She's going to be working at the PI. Okay? She's going to be... Uh... Somebody in the UFC? Sorry? Is it true that she's got some kind of connection or relationship with some higher up in the UFC? I don't know, Sean. I don't really get involved in that stuff. Okay? I just, I just wonder if there have been a lot of female fighters, and I, I don't know that many have gotten an opportunity. I fighters get in positions with the UFC. I can't name three female fighters who, who've been given any opportunity or a head start into getting an opportunity to work for the UFC. They have male well, fighters. You know what? First of all, first of all, you know, first of all, she, you know, she was an elite fighter, so she's got that experience. The other thing is she speaks Portuguese and her English is great. Okay. The only I'm thing I got the only thing, Go ahead. Go ahead. The only thing I got annoyed with her, and this is a was a big mistake on her part. She was she was one of the contracts that UFC bought from Invicta to be in Tough Twenty, and she, I guess this was Dudu's idea. They got her out of Tough Twenty because her English wasn't good enough, and it was it was not the truth. It was a lie. Her English was fine at the time because she had done a TV show in Canada called Fight Exchange, and she had to speak English to do that. Okay, so the whole thing was bullshit. And I actually told her it was bullshit. Okay, she didn't want to hear that. <laughs> she blocked me on Twitter when I told her that. So it must have been true. If she had been in Tough 20, she could have won the whole thing, Schwan. Yeah. You never know. Some, I mean, a lot of fighters play themselves out of really good opportunities trying to take control or be smart. They out think. Trying to finagle it. That's what they were doing. It wasn't her idea. It was freaking doo doo, man. I mean, I don't, I don't know what to say about it. I've never accused her of being the most business savvy fighter. Anyways, Schwan, I'm sorry to see you retire because you know she was a great fighter, but obviously the injuries really caught up to her. The other thing that that, that really hurt her was when she had, if I recall correctly, reconstructive shoulder surgery. I don't think she was the same at all after that. Yeah, I, I agree. I really took away from, I'm still going to say that, I mean, that beating she took from Andrade was savage. That was like assault. And I, I think she never really recovered. And she's a, she was a fairly smart fighter, but, but she was another fighter who relied heavily on her, her attributes, mainly her physical strength, her, athlete, her athleticism, and her power. Um, when she didn't have that power, a lot of how she fought and her identity as a fighter kind of went away because she built herself around being physically able to manhandle it and back people up with her power. And that was no way to be more efficient and more defensively sound. And it, her cardio never really supported that style. She could she'd fight a real slick 
round. And then late by the second round, she's fighting for stupid takedowns and get, getting countered and standing up tall in the pocket. I, I just wish she could have stayed healthy so we could have and how she could have been. And I really wish she would have fought Felice Herrig because that would have got her a title fight against Rose Namunas. And then we wouldn't, we'd have, we might have had a different story and a different direction in the division. But I really believe that fight with Andrade changed her. Could be. Anyways, she said she's going to be helping the next generation. And it's good to see her doing that. You know, that's one thing I do like as a, as a, as a, as a uh, I guess, originator for the UFC and the women's division. She's been on both ends of things, losing. And I think similar to what King Mo does, King Mo likes to pull a lot of young fighters to the side or fighters come to the end of their career and help them make that transition easier because they've, they've been so, through so much. Um, obviously, he won a title and she didn't. But um, she can really help people. She's very honest about her experiences and very honest as a fighter, but preparing people for life after fighting, which is really where her value should come in because a lot of fighters hang on to fighting when it's clearly not in their best interest because nothing else to go to. So maybe she can have those conversations beforehand and help some of these people, some of these people avoid beatings or embarrassment to themselves by staying in. All right. Anyways, that's about it. Uh, that's about it. Now, anything else you want to talk about, Sean, or is that it? Um, one thing, do you, do you think Raquel Pennington is in that in that Bantamweight contendership? Because it's still pretty thin. I think she's maybe a fight away from a title fight, or if something goes wrong, I could see her jumping the line into a title fight. Yeah, because Dana really likes her too. Depends who yeah, she I mean, fights next. Depends who she fights next, Sean. I honestly think there's a little bit of story from previous. I think that would be a good fight. Yeah, they're not going to do that next, though. No, no, I understand. But if somehow Pena keeps that title. Because Pena, she could be a dominant champion, but she's vulnerable too. I think her and Rockville Pennington would actually be a legitimately good fight. Yeah, I don't know. We're going to have to wait and see what happens. Okay. I don't see that happening in the near future. Fair enough. Okay. I just asked. Wouldn't know your opinion. Anyways, this is the last show of the year. Just want to wish everybody out there Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Same to you, Schwan. I'm looking forward to getting back home. Yeah, man, take it easy, be safe, and uh, let me know when you get back home. Okay, again, this is our final show of the year. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back in 2022 when the UFC returns and also in Victor. Enjoy, enjoy the fights, and we'll talk to you later.